enabling best-in-class customer experience and operational excellence in a hyper-connected oil and gas world, TCS prioritizes problem-solving and leverages customer insights to drive real business results. To find out more, go to TCS.com. That's TCS.com. Welcome to the Energy Fellows Podcast, where each episode is designed to share expertise and experiences from U.S. and global energy fellows. They provide direction and possible solutions for ultimate journey results. Here's your host, Mark Stansberry. Welcome to another episode of the Energy Fellows Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Stansberry, and today we have with us Jose Becerro. It's exciting to have you on the show, Jose. Welcome back. Thank you very much, Mark. It's always great to talk with you, and I appreciate you reaching out and offering up the opportunity to speak to your audience today. Well, I've had a radio show and a podcast as well, and so that's why I say welcome back, because we get to converse. You had an opportunity to visit with you. I have to get you on a podcast, you know, so. <laughs> but welcome to the new episodes and new podcast that is with the Energy Fellows. You have such an interesting background. Before we get into that, uh, about your history and so forth. I've got to say thank you. In about 10 years ago, I came out with a book called American Needs, America's Energy, Creating Together the People's Energy Plan. And you were one of the uh, endorsement quotes came from you in the book. And I really appreciate that. And I now have this uh, monograph that's come out recently, 10 years later, American Needs, America's Energy and its Natural Resources. And because of you and some others supporting us in the endorsement side and always being such a support period, I appreciate you. We get the message out about the need for creating the plan and to look at how our natural resources are being used and to talk about somebody that knows those areas. And you gave a great talk back about 10 years ago at the University of Oklahoma. At, uh, I was chairing the National Conference on Energy and Environment, and it's actually called the Energy Conference now, International Energy Conference. That's how it started in name. You were a featured speaker and did a wonderful job. You were a leader in Austin is really where I first met you. And let's start there. Your history, as far as your bio, I want to talk about that first, because I think those that are listening, especially those that are upcoming leaders and so forth, need to know about when you open a door, look through, see what's there, see the opportunities. And I think that you saw some opportunities. And let's start there. Yeah. About your days. Absolutely, Mark. Well, no, I really do appreciate it. And, and thank you so much for having me on. And it's been such a joy to work with you over the years and decades on this massive challenge of transitioning America's and, and the world's energy economy. This is something that I've been working on for decades as well. I started my career in Austin, Texas. I went to the University of Texas at Austin and studied economics and energy transition. I also had the pleasure of working for my alma mater at the University of Texas on developing industry relationships and research partnerships with the energy industry. So I was very much at the forefront of kind of the cutting edge research that was happening on the university side. So I had a chance to work with energy majors, large oil and gas companies decades ago on some of their energy transition ambitions. But what I was able to really hone in on working out of Austin, Texas was how you know, transitions take time. They also require the convergence of many different skill sets and disciplines and industries coming together to bring lessons learned and to help avoid pitfalls for future innovation. And really, that's what I saw firsthand in Austin, Texas. That's why it was such an exciting time in my career to really be at the forefront of what I was seeing in the emergence of the green industry or the clean tech industry or the clean energy economy. When, you know, this was really an industry sector that at the very fundamental roots of it had the basis in the global energy sector. So the lessons learned in oil and gas, the uh, technology challenges and innovation that happened in oil and gas, a lot of that informed what we've been seeing 
in the rollout and development and growth of the clean energy industry. In fact, a lot of oil and gas talent has migrated over to clean tech over the last decade plus, bringing those skill sets and knowledge to this new area of energy innovation. But also in Austin, what was interesting is how the tech industry that really had arrived in Austin in the late 60s when the University of Texas started licensing and technologies for tech transfer out to the private sector. You had companies like IBM and 3M and Texas Instruments, some of the early entrants into the Austin technology economy. Well, when the clean tech economy really started to take off in the 90s and the 2000s, it was a lot of the skills and talent from the tech industry that helped bring new innovations to the energy sector and energy infrastructure for whether it be solar, wind, smart grid, batteries, et cetera. So those were the real big lessons learned for me is how the convergence of of disciplines and industry sectors have to come together in the right way and in the right structure in order to develop new high growth industry sectors and to create new jobs in the energy sector. So that was a really exciting time for me. And I know that was a time that you and I initially connected in Austin around South by Southwest and around when you were writing one of your books on this topic. So I was very excited to contribute to that as well. Well, I saw you grow there. I mean, as an individual in your profession, but also growth of Austin. I mean, you know, to take what, 20 or 30 companies and to end up with how many again uh, did you have as far as companies in in Austin, maybe even now? When we first started in Austin on building out a clean energy industry, we had maybe 30 or 40, you know, early stage companies, a few solar companies, some battery companies, handful of electric vehicle companies, some smart grid technologies. But by the time I left the Austin Chamber of Commerce in my role there as clean energy director, I think we had grown the ecosystem to over 200 clean tech companies and approximately 20,000 jobs we created just in the clean tech sector alone. So it was something that was very exciting to see the success we had in building out this new ecosystem in Austin. Well, you've been a, a leader not only in Austin in regard to the economic development, but also on the university level, as you mentioned, not only attending, but participating and help funding, working with different companies. Some of the companies you worked with, if you will explain that as far as your efforts there. Yeah, you know, at the University of Texas is one of the leading energy research institutions in the world and uh, by many rankings the number one petroleum engineering and geoscience engineering university in the world and obviously has very strong relationships with the oil and gas sector with large energy majors and so my work there really focused in on developing those relationships and building upon those relationships for the university and finding ways for the energy sector to really leverage its research dollars and all of its technologies and skills to really build new innovations, to develop new business models for the energy sector. So we were working with large energy companies over a decade ago on identifying better ways to purify water for oil and gas production, better ways to power oil and gas wells in remote locations that didn't necessarily have access to grid power, uh, utilizing a combination of kind of remote power generation technologies from solar, wind, batteries to combine heat and power. We are also working closely with the utility industry at the University of Texas to really think about how do we make the electric grid smarter and more reliable and more resilient? And how do we install more energy usage monitoring technology so we really know what appliances and systems within our homes and businesses are using the most power 
And how do we better manage our monthly electric bills, uh, knowing where all the energy we consume, where it's going inside of our homes and businesses? So smart grid technologies was another big area of focus for my work at the University of Texas. And we actually got so good at it that we ended up spinning out a research consortium called the Pecan Street Project. And we applied for federal funding and we got, this was part of the 2009 stimulus program, but we got about $11 million initially from the federal government. And we had many different types of private sector companies that were part of our industry advisory board for Pecan Street Project from oil and gas companies, from smart grid technology companies, from software companies. And we actually launched a demonstration project of about 400 residential homes in the Austin area. The Country Project is now over 10 years old, and it's gone on to raise hundreds of millions of dollars in research funding and has collaborated with not just the University of Texas, but many universities around the country. And it is now doing smart grid testing and trials within homes and businesses all across the country and internationally. So that program is something I'm very proud of and proud that I was a part of the beginning of that program. But that's an example of the type of work that we were doing at the University of Texas is really bringing the private sector get together with researchers inside the university and students and graduate students and leveraging federal funding to really develop all these new innovations. You know, in many ways, the University of Texas was at the forefront of some of these industry sectors that we now considered established from clean tech, smart grid, smart cities, renewables, batteries. A lot of these innovations were just still kind of in their research stage or lab stage just 10 years ago. So it's amazing how quickly we've been able to create new market opportunities. I'm so glad to hear about higher education. As you know, I've been a regent for several universities and uh, chaired several universities as well. And I see the importance of higher education is at the forefront. And for you to have that experience and the work space there that you had as far as the partnerships and all that is fascinating and intriguing because we definitely need to focus more on innovation and technology and how we partner with universities. And, and that's something that, uh, that I'm very fond of. I know like we had a, here in, in Oklahoma and the University of Central Oklahoma, where I was involved as a regent, we had the STEM project. Wound up being the STEM building located at UCO, a $26 million facility, and it really has helped in the research area as well. And that's just one part of many activities happening in our region and nationally as well when it comes to STEM. And I know you've been involved with all those kind of things as well. Let's fast forward a little bit. And that is to Houston. You're the senior director, if I'm correct, with the Greater Houston Partnership, Global Energy 2.0. And tell us what that means about the 2.0 and what you're trying to do in Houston and also background also of Houston when it comes to employment the workforce as far as those that depend on wages in the Houston area, kind of an economic analysis of Houston as well. Yeah, absolutely. And I guess Houston is a very familiar entity when it comes to the global energy industry. It's often referred to as the energy capital of the world. What's happening in Houston today is Houston very much is at the forefront of energy transition. We like to refer to Houston as the energy transition capital of the world because of the concentration of energy majors here. We have about almost 20 Fortune 500 energy headquarters based in Houston. We've actually had some recent announcements of large energy companies moving their headquarters to Houston in just the past couple of years. You know, some companies, most folks might think we're already in Houston or already headquartered here, but we're not. But we have a successfully recruited NRG. Mm-hmm. Their headquarters is now in Houston. They've moved from New Jersey. Also, ExxonMobil headquartered in Irving, Texas, through most of its corporate history, is now moving their headquarters to Houston as well. 
So having the concentration of the global energy industry here in Houston really makes a huge difference when you're trying to develop new business models and new cutting edge technologies. And also when you're trying to integrate new innovations into the existing energy infrastructure, uh, Houston is kind of the epicenter for a lot of this activity globally. And also what's not very well known about Houston is that we are a massive technology industry and technology economy. We have almost 9,000 tech companies here in Houston. We have over 240,000 tech workers. That's everything from software programmers, digital technology experts, you name it. And so the convergence of the tech industry in the traditional energy industry is really is what is spurring Houston forward as this leader in energy transition, because it really similar to what we saw in Austin with Smart Grid, it's really the convergence of technology and the existing infrastructure. So that is essentially what I'm working on in Houston is really leading the effort to develop the ecosystem and to attract new energy 2.0 companies, which are companies that are bringing new technologies to the existing energy industry and really trying to create new energy jobs. I think that's really the key thing about the transition of the global energy industry is where are the new jobs going to come from for the energy sector? Oil and gas will create some jobs going forward. Oil and gas employment will remain relatively stable going forward. There's still a high demand for oil and gas in the global market. However, what the oil and gas industry is very, very good at is driving efficiency gains. And every time there's a cycle, there's a downturn, there's an upswing, the oil and gas industry figures out how to produce more and more oil and gas units with fewer and fewer headcount. And so they're using a lot of automation, they're using a lot of new technologies, they're able to be more efficient overall. And so what that means is that employment will remain stable in oil and gas, but we're not necessarily going to see a huge uptick in oil and gas jobs going forward. So what we are hoping we can do in Houston is leverage all of the oil and gas skills and talent that we do have and transition those skill sets and the talent we have into these new high growth areas of energy transition. So areas that we're focused on include blue and green hydrogen, renewable energy, solar, wind, battery technologies. And when you look at batteries, we're looking at both grid energy storage and batteries for electric vehicles. We're looking at circular economy, plastics recycling, synthetic biofuels, renewable natural gas. And we're looking at carbon capture, utilization and storage. So there's just a number of key areas within energy transition that we feel Houston is already a natural leader in. And uh, these are areas where we feel Houston can leverage its existing workforce, its concentration of energy companies, and its ability to produce new technology talent to serve all of these new high growth areas within energy transition. So Houston's just a very exciting place. And I think that the number one opportunity Houston has in this global energy transition race is the ability to quickly scale new technologies to where the global energy industry needs these technologies to perform at. And so one of the biggest differences I've noticed going from an Austin, Texas kind of technology ecosystem to a Houston, Texas energy ecosystem is just the scale that Houston operates at. Obviously, it's a much bigger region. We have about a 7 million population versus a 2 million population in Austin. But just the size of the energy sector here is so massive from the refineries, the petrochemical facilities, the LNG terminals, the utility infrastructure. All the infrastructure we have has to be built to withstand Category 5 hurricanes and flooding events and mm -hmm. all the extreme weather. So just the scale and robustness of Houston makes it really interesting to really prove out new energy transition technologies and business models. So that 
in a nutshell, Mark, is why I've really taken on this new role and this challenge in Houston to be part of this effort to transition the global energy industry. And as far as amount of companies on the clean energy side, I know, Austin, you mentioned the number and also the amount of employees in your city in Houston. Yeah. So number of companies, as far as the clean energy economy in Houston, it's roughly the same number of companies as Austin. It's about anywhere from 200, 250 companies in Houston. However, the size of the companies in Houston are much larger. So overall employment and clean energy in Houston is much higher than Austin. Houston has roughly 60,000 clean energy jobs. That includes solar, wind, batteries, energy efficiency, electric vehicle infrastructure versus an Austin that has about 20 to 25,000 clean energy jobs. Still very large ecosystems overall. Texas, in fact, is one of the largest hubs for clean energy jobs in the nation. I think we're only behind California in terms of total clean energy jobs. We have about 230,000 clean energy jobs statewide. Houston is the largest clean energy hub inside of Texas at 60,000 jobs. And I think Houston now ranks, I want to say it's seventh nationally in terms of largest clean energy hubs. Another thing that's not very well known about Houston is the size of our clean energy economy. Again, just to reiterate point, it's really a convergence and a confluence of all these different areas of energy in Houston, and they're all supporting each other. So the oil and gas sector is really demanding more renewable energy resources to power their facilities. The renewable energy sector is looking to the oil and gas industry for as new customers and new project opportunities emerge. So it really is a interesting codependence on all areas of energy and kind of all of the above in terms of energy resources that we're relying on here in Houston. You develop the workforce, and it sounds to me that young people, others that want to transition into any age into the energy sector, there are definitely opportunities. And in such a broad area, you know, when I was writing the monograph with uh, some graduate students in regard to natural resources, it, I should have definitely included uh, at the end Houston 2.0 <laughs> because yeah. talk about natural resources, we, we were looking at from oil, natural gas, to wind, solar, uh, biofuels, on and on. And it's just amazing. When you think about Houston, it's definitely the capital of yeah. activity, and you're part of that in a big way. And we appreciate your efforts and also what uh, your organization is doing for your state and our region, but for the nation and internationally. It's talking about internationally on the global perspective. How are companies plugged in? I know, but I'd like to hear more from your perspective. Now that we've had all this turmoil in the world, where do the international players fit in to Houston right now? Yeah, Houston is really responding to the changing market internationally. And, you know, with everything from the Ukraine-Russia war to energy reliability and availability in Europe, to South America, to other parts of the world, you know, the world needs more energy. As more and more countries move from kind of into that developing nation phase, the energy use per capita only increases as countries grow and mature and become larger players in the global economy. So basically, all the emerging economies in the world are requiring more and more energy, and they're looking for any source of energy that they can find. And so Houston really has an opportunity to deliver that energy globally. We already have uh, several massive LNG export terminals here in the Houston area and along the Texas Gulf Coast that's exporting natural gas through LNG. We also have ammonia export facilities that's delivering ammonia globally, primarily for agriculture, but increasingly ammonia is becoming the vehicle through which we deliver hydrogen to global markets. And so we also are a very big player in the hydrogen economy. I think currently in Houston, we supply over a third of the nation's hydrogen. We derive it from natural gas using steam methane reform, but there are major hydrogen producers that are already looking at producing blue hydrogen by capping the CO2 and sequestering it. 
And we have a number of companies in Houston that are developing green hydrogen electrolyzer technologies and actually producing large volumes of green hydrogen. So this is another emerging area within the hydrogen supply chain. So we feel Houston's very well positioned to deliver all of these new resources and energy resources to the global market. Another interesting thing about Houston is it truly is a global city. So in Houston, we have over 90 foreign consulates based here. It's the third highest concentration of foreign consulates in the United States. Uh, so we have an entire international program that's tasked with maintaining relationships with our international partners, hosting international delegations. We just hosted the Queen of the Netherlands last week. We've hosted the President of Panama, we President of Chile. Uh, every week, there's a, another international delegation visiting. And pretty much every delegation that visits is here to understand the energy industry and the opportunities in the energy industry and how energy companies in those other countries can do business here and vice versa. How can Houston-based energy companies do business abroad? And so we are constantly having those conversations on a daily basis. And I didn't really mention this earlier, but you know, the Greater Houston Partnership, my organization, we are essentially the regional chamber of commerce for the Houston region. So it's really our mm -hmm. responsibility to create those business opportunities, both domestically and internationally. And so that is a big part of the work that we do. And I've personally had a chance to visit several of our international partners and host events internationally and also speak internationally. I was in Aberdeen, Scotland in March. Uh, we were in Paris in May launching Rice University's new research campus. We are going to Denmark in October. We're going to Japan. And so there's just a number of opportunities that have been presented to us on taking the Houston message globally in terms of what we're doing in energy transition. So Houston's momentum just continues to build and Houston's relevance internationally just continues to build, which is a great thing. Environmental social governance. It's definitely at the forefront in many ways. We know that the state of Texas and some other states are definitely looking at it from an investment standpoint for the oil and gas sector and so forth, it may actually curtail some of that investment. At the same time, how is ESG being embraced or challenged, I should say, in not only Texas, but in the marketplace in Houston? Yeah, no, ESG is one of the top priorities for our economic development strategy, but also for the Houston energy economy. You look at what all the energy majors are doing to kind of reposition themselves and to look at new business opportunities around ESG Pretty much every energy major is procuring renewable energy at a just a rapid pace. Most of the megawatt scale, the gigawatt scale projects in the Houston region are being procured directly by oil and gas companies. You know, I think right now in the pipeline, you have somewhere around seven gigawatts of utility scale solar that is being developed in the 12 county Houston region. You have somewhere around 10 gigawatts of utility scale battery energy storage that's being developed. The vast majority of these projects are being either paid for or procured through power purchase agreements by the energy sector. The energy industry is interested in signing these contracts partly for their ESG strategies and what they need to report back to Wall Street and their investors and their shareholders. The other reason is for energy reliability, resiliency, and the fact that renewable energy, at least in the Texas market, is the cheapest form of new electricity that's available to purchase, especially solar and wind. And when you couple that with battery energy storage. So ESG has really been fully embraced, Mark, uh, from our perspective. And not mm -hmm. only that, we recently launched a new program here at the Greater Houston Partnership called the Houston Energy Transition Initiative. We call mm -hmm. it HETI, H-E-T-I. And the steering committee for HETI is comprised of the 20 largest energy companies in Houston. And the requirements to serve on the steering committee is that you have to be the senior most executive at the company 
to serve on the committee. So essentially, it's all CEOs and executive vice presidents on this committee. And if you go down the list, it is the who's who of the energy world. So in order to be part of HETI, you have to contribute financially to the program, you have to serve on the committee, and you have to help the Great Houston Partnership identify the big opportunities around energy transition. And all of the energy transition opportunities are low carbon and net zero carbon. So you're having direct support and direct engagement from the energy sector on ESG, which is just tremendous. And then you look at Houston as a region, and you see everyone has seen what Houston goes through, usually this time of year when we have massive hurricanes and flooding events and extreme weather. And it has affected everyone in Houston, everyone in the Gulf Coast region, everyone in Texas, and actually everyone all over the nation gets affected when Houston is hit by a major storm, and including the oil and gas industry. It's not unusual to have entire refineries under five feet of water when we have a major event. And so That's another big motivator for the energy sector is to do what they can to help fight climate change and to fight extreme weather, the impacts of extreme weather, and to have better, more resilient infrastructure in place that we can recover more quickly from extreme weather events. And all that ties back to ESG strategies. So there's a number of different motivators and reasons why the energy industry is fully embracing ESG. There's very pragmatic business reasons why they're doing it. It hits their bottom line. It hits them financially. But there's also a lot of PR reasons that they want to do it. I mentioned the investor shareholder reason, but they also want to attract the future workforce. And a lot of the young, talented individuals who are coming out of university programs today, especially the digital technology workforce, a lot of these individuals want to go work for companies who are being proactive on ESG and environmental justice and energy equity and just environmental practices in general. So this is really important for workforce attraction and workforce retention as well. Jose, we could cover a lot more material. And so I've got a feeling that I need to ask you to come back on the Energy Fellows podcast as a follow-up, hopefully soon, because you have so much knowledge of uh, what's going on, not only in your state of Texas, of course, in Houston, but regionally and nationally and internationally. As you mentioned, all the things that are going on, a lot of knowledge there you have that you definitely have great experience and expertise. And we really appreciate your time on this, Jose. And uh, again, thank you for all your efforts. I know that there's others that would like to know more about what you're doing. Is there a website to go to? Yeah. The easiest way to get in touch is the Great Houston Partnership. Our website is www.houston.org.org. Houston.org. And there's an energy transition link on the homepage that you can click on and you can get my information there. And there's also a Great Houston Partnership. We have a staff page where you can look up all of the staff contact information. So that's a really easy way to find me as well. Thank you, Jose. Really appreciate you. Appreciate you so much. Jose Becerro. Thank you very much, Mark. It was great to be on. Really appreciate your time. Appreciate you. You've been listening to the Energy Fellows podcast. I'm Mark Stansbury. And keep in mind, the future of energy depends on us. Join us again next week on the Energy Fellows podcast, a production of the Oil & Gas Global Network. To learn more, go to OGGN.com. 